Hello there and welcome to Music Industry City's Tuesday Talkies, where we discuss what's going on in the world of music business. I'm Peter Schwing and joining me today, my co-host Sam Tall and the Duke. If there's something you'd like to chime in about, leave a comment below or join us in the chat. Don't be shy. It's okay. We actually really want to hear what your thoughts on these topics are, if there's something you want us to cover. So, uh, you know, well, coming up on today's show, let's see. Well, Twitch apologizes to its users, but is that enough? And uh, listening to music without headphones is now a thing. So uh, we got a lot to cover. Let's get to it. Twitch made a blog post and sent an email to its users that contained what some people, I guess, could construe as an apology. And while things keeping things vague, they certainly aren't taking responsibility for the actual issue at hand. In the blog post and email to their users, they stated, you're rightly upset that the only option we provided was a mass deletion tool for clips and that we only gave you three days notice to use this tool. We could have developed more sophisticated user-friendly tools a while ago. That we didn't is on us. And we could have provided creators with a longer time period to address their VOD and clip libraries. That was a miss as well. We're truly sorry for these mistakes and we'll do better. So uh, basically that sounds kind of a little bit of like a oops, my bad. And also a little reminds me of that Gillette commercial. It's like where they were like, men, you can do better. Well, Twitch, you can certainly do better. And here with his take on this, Sam Tall. Sam, how you doing? I'm good, Peter. But this is just, oh, it, <sighs> it's this has been on my mind for like the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I have the, I got the email. Okay, so let's talk about the first thing, what they're apologizing for. Not the right thing. They're not apologizing <laughs> for not obtaining the rights, putting their <laughs> users in these, in this space. They've been banning people and sometimes their bans are like, uh, you know, they're permanent bans and you really can't have a hard time fighting it. There, there sure. was a person that was banned because of a car driving. They were out on the street, car driving behind him. A Kanye song gets played. They're banned. Now, now ephemeral use could potentially fall like, that you could have ephemeral use as a case against that if Twitch had even most of the licenses in place. Because, I mean, it's yeah. it's a gray area, but still, uh, that's a car going behind you, banned, okay? And the other thing that's an issue, and Devin Nash, uh, and if people want to follow, follow Devin Nash. Devin has a great uh, videos, uh, has some great videos up talking about where even when Twitch streamers have deleted their VODs, okay? They are still on a Twitch public server. He went in, and found that he deleted all his clips and went and found them on the web. And that is also what the labels are and the uh, systems are looking for. So they're still finding the content yeah. and striking it. And that's what they're saying is some of these Twitch bands aren't there. Going on, because this is like, but um, Emmett Shear, the CEO uh, at GlitchCon, which occurred this weekend, uh, very weird keynote address that he did. Um, He's saying that they're coming to like terms like, you know, and the gist of it was saying and something to say, it's not fair to creators what's happening. Mm. Okay. He's talking to his user base, calling them creators. Well, who created the music? Creators. So what he in essence is doing, so Twitch users are saying, greedy record labels, 
greedy, you know, it's like, it's like, and the music, like, they don't want to pay. And it's like, cause they don't understand it. And like, yeah, well, yeah. Is there greed in the record industry? Well, yeah, but he's yeah. putting creators versus creators when yeah. they're the ones that stirred this up. That's frustrating. I, yeah. so I, I, a little bit of context on something mm -hmm. here. I, since I've started working at Studio 71 about a year and a half ago, I came from the background of being an artist manager. So everything was artist, 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 artist. And even at the first few months in the role uh, at a company that works predominantly with YouTubers and Instagram influencers, et cetera, I was still using that as my like default nomenclature, artist, 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 artist. And now it's creator, creator, creator. That's just a fact of the uh, entertainment space that I'm in. It's also, I think, uh, a fact of the... Uh, shift in the entertainment business at large is that we are sort of ambiguating what creative uh, output means and music artists are part of that. Uh, video creators are part of that. You know, vloggers, photographers, everybody's a creator. So it's, it's difficult when you're in the position of, you know, CEO of Twitch to say creators and not mean everybody you certainly can't say creators and mean some of the people, mean your users. You can talk about your users. You can talk about your streamers on Twitch, Twitchers, Instagrammers, TikTokers. You can't talk about creators without including everybody across platforms. And I think the uh, there's also the, the fact of, of kind of like how outsized the response has been from the record business. Because this all came about as a result of like some mass DMCA takedown requests that Twitch kind of just like went ahead and complied with and didn't provide a whole lot of notice. I will give YouTube some credit in that YouTube wants content to stay up because they don't fear the legal battle. They're a public company. They have the licenses. They have a lot of history of doing this. Twitch does not. Um, they're owned by a public company, sure. But they're, you know, still sort of a an underdog of sorts in the video entertainment space. So they're still figuring out how they want to handle this, and they handle it in the worst possible way. They handle it, frankly, similarly to how GitHub handled the YouTube DL takedown that the RIAA issued, that caused a lot of stuff to break. Legitimate projects, legitimate. Uh, you know, archiving projects and data scraping projects by people who own the material they're, they're, they're downloading. But, you know, because it can be used to download music, so it must be piracy only. Because music must, you know, is streamed in the background of a game uh, or, you know, played in the background of a, of a lifestyle streamer, uh, they're distributing music or they're syncing music without a license. I don't buy that argument. I think that's an unfair interpretation. And this is coming from somebody who works every day for independent creators, who works for music uh, rights on platforms like this, who works directly with artists to make sure they get the revenue that they're owed. And I'm saying like, this is this is crazy. Uh, the, frankly, I think Twitch acknowledges that they could have done a better job, but the way that they're framing it is that they could have done a better job um, to cover their own users at the expense of everyone else. Uh, but they still expended their own users. And so they're not going to do anything about that. It's basically like an apology for doing everything wrong, but also not 
really fully taking responsibility and not promising to do better, just like we could have done better. And there's no clarity as to who actually they should be serving in this. What's really interesting is, so one of the other emails, uh, I might have been the same email or the one before that, and they talk about the number of takedown notices. And they said they received 50 up until like May, they received about 50 per year. Okay. Well, let's think about that. That's one a week. All right. So then, but then in May, they started getting thousands. And then the avalanche came after mm-hmm. Bezos went up, you know, and testified, uh, appeared before Congress. So that opened the door and the music industry was, walked in and said, hey, we don't <laughs> like what we see in your house. So, but the thing is, they say in that email, we didn't expect this. We didn't see this coming in essence. It's like, and then they're saying, so, um, you know, they then they go on to now, the other thing that Twitch uh, streamers are saying is that there's they really soundtrack right after they made their first announcement about takedowns and notices. And in the Music Business Worldwide article, it says, in the, quote, in the meantime, we're focused on building tools to better help you manage uh, VODs and clips and providing mm-hmm. licensed music options like soundtrack while ex- we explore all options. So soundtrack doesn't have a licensing in place. That's already been found out. But here's the other thing that is so interesting about what tw- Twitch streamers complain calling this conspiracy that they're pushing soundtrack. If you go to Twitch and you go to the terms and conditions and all the legal jargon and the FAQs and everything. And you talk about Twitch music. They have all it in that nice legal template and everything. And then they just added in this paragraph, this section. And basically it was saying, well, if you have an issue, you can always use Soundtrack. Check out Soundtrack. It's a marketing pitch in the middle of a legal document for for people to go and use. I I was cracking up when I saw this. Oh, that's so ham-fisted. It is and it's because, and here's the other thing, Twitch has a communications problem the way they are talking to their users. They they yeah. like to throw in this lighthearted, all this like, you're a great person, like welcome to Twitch. Today's color is purple. Aren't you happy today? And then they'll give you like all this stuff. So they have this condescending tone and they aren't allowing to, it's it's interfering with the how to properly address mm-hmm. this issue. Um, you know, so, so this whole thing is also going on with DMCA, okay? Um, and, you know, I, I also know you were talking about, like, the senator that is saying, like, is it, you know, here's the question. Is it time to reform the DMCA? Well, I think so. I think a lot of people would agree. I think people on both sides of the argument would say that, yes, now is the time to, to reform it. Um, so for those who haven't seen this news, uh, Senator Tom Tillis, who just won his re-election in North Carolina, um, is going to bat for DMCA reform. Not taking a side quite yet, just kind of making the case that like there's a lot here that seems unfair in a modern economic context. So he's taking public comment from stakeholders um, and is planning to release a report and some preliminary uh, bill draft language um, in about a month's time uh, from the time of this recording. Um, This just, it kind of like rings familiar to me from when Orrin Hatch uh, put his name on the MMA, right? Um, that took a lot of time. It took a lot of uh, effort, a lot of hearings, a lot of uh, debate, certainly, um, but ultimately was 
essentially unanimous. I mean, there were, you know, shades of blue that you could uh, argue around and whether things, you know, there are various parties who have concerns about whether the MLC is backed by Harry Fox or somebody else or an independent consortium or whatever, but nobody argued the, the fact that it had to exist. And this, this was necessary to kind of go to the next phase. I think the DMCA reform is part of that. But DMCA is obviously not just music. It's all copyright and, and, and the nature of platforms. And we exist in a platform economy now to the point of even taxi drivers uh, exist on a platform, not in a dispatch system, not in an employment system, apparently. Um, so – I think it's it's going to be hugely impactful to the entertainment economy as we know it today. I think it's going to be a lot of time spent watching that. It's not going to happen very soon. It's just going to it's good that we're getting the ball rolling. I think it would answer a lot of questions that Twitch feels like they can't answer themselves. Um, I feel like it would help a lot with a lot of, you know sort of like the European debate around platforms and copyright. Uh, responsibility now is being reflected in a conversation that we're having over here. So we're getting kind of a globalized understanding of how rights are exploited and, and uh, used and monetized, which is a beautiful thing. And it makes a great many people's living possible. Uh, we just have to, you know, be honest about how we handle it and not just side on the, on the uh, end of Google and Amazon and Apple and Facebook and say like, well, they just were bought and sold. Can we at least have an intellectually honest conversation mm. on behalf of the creators? Right. And and there's and the whole one of the things and this really has a lot to do on the music side as uh, as well. And that's what a lot of people, musicians forget. It's that copyright law is for all creators. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's that makes it even, you know, more difficult, like because like what is a derivative work in uh, painting? What is a derivative work sure. in music? So one, but one of the things is about these takedown notes and he talks about is Section 512 places the burden on copyright owners to identify infringing materials and affirmatively ask the OSP to remove the material or disable access to it. This burden appears to strike the correct balance, but the burden that the notice and takedown system itself places on copyright owners is too heavy. The system is also woefully inefficient for both copyright owners and service providers. And I think that's where we are to bring it full circle is in this Twitch space. Well, that was part and parcel of my my former job uh, as a project manager at Toonsat, um, which uh, was a proprietary software developed for the identification of, of fingerprinted rights. Um, so basically <laughs> like a content ID system, but built in house uh, and used for specific clients who were paying for that service to kind of separately scan in addition to what they were already able to get with content ID, which we know is, is not as uh, uh, fully capable as YouTube would like us to believe. Um, PEX is another great company in this space where they separately scan uh assets and then go and, and detect uses. Um, the system as it is, uh, in its most rudimentary form, as it impacted Twitch and as it's been working on Facebook and Instagram until recently, uh, is you fill out a form. The burden is on you to know where the uses are occurring. You fill out all the information. You make your claim. The platform then has to manually review that submission, adjudicate it, and then take action. And they don't necessarily have to do anything more than just take action, which is where a lot of the Twitch creators, uh, you know, got upset mm -hmm. is that they were never notified that this was even coming and right. they had no opportunity to address it. But I think the, the thing that that illustrates to me is that 
the nature of the creator is very heavily influenced at this point by the way that YouTube content ID works. And so my hope is that uh, other platforms will adapt a similar approach. Not that they'll just rely straightforward on the DMCA takedown notice system that's just very sort of one-sided. Mm -hmm. Your content comes down, your revenue's impacted, but oh, you can appeal and you can go to court about it if you want. That's up right. to you though. That's ridiculous. There has well, to be a system in place that's arbitrating, and that's what Content ID serves right well, now. And YouTube, none of those, none of those companies want to be the arbitrator. It's like, here's the situation. So where is that third party? Well, and I'll even separately, you know, scan and identify a use of maybe one of my creators' copyrights, but then go into YouTube to lay that claim or issue that takedown mm -hmm. through that automated system. So it's a little bit better managed. And at that point, the creator or sorry, the, uh, uh, well, no, the creator of the video that contains my creator's music uh, can then dispute that takedown directly mm -hmm. to me and give me their their uh, their case. It doesn't have to go through YouTube and then YouTube has to like, you know, shuttle mm -hmm. the message back and forth. They can just communicate directly with me. It's a space where we can do these things literally with the click of a button as opposed to waiting for emails to right. come back and forth. That's so necessary. If that's not fundamental to this next wave of DMCA, of content management as a crux of digital economy, then we've completely missed the opportunity. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot, definitely a lot in place. And this, is, this isn't going to go away anytime soon. So we're going to stay on top of this. Thanks, Sam, as always. Great seeing you. So uh, we turn our focus now to listening to music without headphones and by and in your own space. I mean, other people aren't going to hear this. So how is this possible? Well, the Associated Press had the opportunity to experience an exclusive demo by Novetta Solutions on their sound beamer. All technical jargon aside, the sound basically follows you can hear it within your space. So that's the possibility presented by sound beaming a new futuristic audio technology from Novetta Systems. Israeli company on Friday will debut a desktop device that beams sound directly to a listener without the need for headphones. To share his perspective on this, we check in with the Duke. Dave, Dave, that's not Dave. How about this? There's Dave. How you doing, Dave? I looked like Sam for a second. I was, I was getting yeah. better looking back. <laughs> oh, what's the good word? Everything is good, man. Yeah, this, I mean, this sounds really uh, futuristic and Star Warsian, but, um, I don't know, man. Uh, I would like to try it first and foremost. Um, mm -hmm. How do you feel, Peter? Yes. I I want. I would love to see like I because it's really tough to tell from like watching a video of somebody listening. It's kind of weird. It's like watching people dance without hearing the music. But you can see like people like they're like, oh wait, I can hear it over here. And it's like so. I, I would love to see how the quality is and like you know I I, I can't imagine it being great right now. But it's just starting. But the fact that. Is is it almost like that kind of like we were going to be walking around this invisible dome around our head? Is is that kind of, it's like this weird, really futuristic thing. So, but, you know, I want to hear what you have to say and we'll come back to that. Well, yeah, I think that, um, you know, we all grew up with, with, we've all grown up with headphones and speaker systems and nothing's really changed in that regard. Um, I do remember hearing about quadraphonic sound, though I had never got to experience it. And then, of course, 5.1 surround sound, which is rad. And we all know that from um, movie theaters. And, you know, I've done some mixing on it, which is cool. 
But um, this sounds really futuristic and really awesome. And I would love to try it. I love to mix on it. I would love to see how uh, it changed based on your spatialness because it says it's coming from behind you and in front of you all around you at the same time. So I'm really excited about that. And at the same time, I think um, with much power comes great responsibility. I think this could be used as a weapon, uh, as strange as it sounds. I do remember hearing stories about way back in the days that sound being used as a weapon, which um, I find interesting. But if something is zoned just to you, if somebody turns that volume up, how can you how can you get away from it if it's zoned to you? It's not headphones. It's not coming out of a speaker, so you can't run from it. Um, it seems a bit strange to me um, in that regard. So I would like to know how it zones to your frequency, to your vibration, and why nobody else can hear it. And then, um, yeah, that that weaponized uh, music thing uh, seems a bit a bit strange to me. But you know, pluses and minuses. That's how I feel about it. I'm excited by it. I would like to try it first. It sounded, it was, it, you know, I don't know if you guys are into video games, but the arcade one up systems that came out. They look really great, but um, when you get in front of it, you realize that it's made by a target and that the joysticks are pieces of doo-doo. And uh, a lot of things look great in magazines, but until you hear them, you don't really know. So th I'm kind of like skeptic on it until I can actually hear it, you know? Yeah, I, I, I uh, the, the couple of things that come to mind is like, you know, when they, you're talking about quadraphonic sound and then and Dolby, it's like, and then the binaural recordings, like now it's like, does it become like this? Can you make it this 3D space? Like. If it's speakers, you know, typically you just think of a speaker system, left, right, then it became left, right, center, and then surround. But like, does it become a real 3D? And if you're recording like binaural sound, you can actually really just kind of pinpoint sections of somebody's head. And then when you're talking about like using it as a, as a weapon, I mean, that that's really interesting. <laughs> like, then, then there's gonna be companies like, buy our, you know, audio defender, like app and then you have to walk around with a, a a force shield to prevent audio from breaking breaking through your barrier and here's here's one more thing say your girlfriend or boyfriend is uh yapping at you right and, and you're <laughs> like man i can't take this anymore and you got the death metal button ready and you just hit that death black death metal button and just bam shoot it right into their head just like I mean, there's a lot of ways to go on it. So um, very exciting, very exciting. Yeah, I, I imagine they might have a, like a radius, like, you know, it, it can only project like, say like Bluetooth or something. So you'd have to be within a few feet of the person to be able to pull off. Cause that's what it looks like watching the videos. And we put the, sh uh, we put the uh, links to the articles in the show notes. Uh, if you want to check it out, uh, it looks like you like a tablet and a desktop and you have to be within like that space. Like it would have to be kind of like right where my music industry city coffee cup is. So, um, you know, I think it's really interesting that like, in, you know, it's that, that kind of future. And I originally thought it was going to be that one of those, like it taps into the bone here because that's what, you know, a lot of the, the job, like those old, uh, when they started getting like, you know, you had the wireless headsets and they become smaller and smaller and it would be going, pressing up against the bone to send the vibrations. And that's how you would actually hear the music. I think we're moving closer and closer to uh, all being in a bubble and the music will just be uh, in our heads. Right. Well, maybe we can beam it around the world. All right, thank you so much. Great seeing you, Dave. All right, and that's it for today. Thank you all for tuning in. If you wanna continue the conversation, leave a comment below. And if you find this interesting, hit that subscribe button and ring the notifi notification bell or the like button, whatever platform you're on, do what those things 
you know, the, the plus, the one up. I don't know what they are anymore. And speaking of shows, we are starting a new one this Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And it's called New Thoughts. Stephanie Carlin, who was, was originally with the Tuesday Talkies team, she's over on New Thoughts. Tomorrow, too, we do Wednesday Industry News. It's a roundup of items we feel are important, and you should, too. Plus, Thursday night's freeform where you get to be on the show. So you can find out all this information if you sign up over at musicindustrycity.com. You can also find us on your preferred podcast player. Thank you again to my co-host, Sam and the Duke. Have a rocking day. Peace.